Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. I think for everyone, there are adjustments we all need to make to get to that place in our life. Praise God. All right, let's let's pray and um, get into the word for tonight, and then I'll share a few things with you towards the end. Could you guys, all the way, Mayuara and all of those guys, fill up the seats? Is, is this for someone? Okay, let's fill up front seat. I don't know if unconsciously we are, we are taught that there is a special blessing at the back. Yeah, I don't like sitting at the back. Um, when, you, when you sit at the back, you're very open to distraction. That's the truth. And let me tell you, any meeting you go for, except they say certain seats are reserved, don't stay at the back. Stay at the front. Naturally, uh, you would always be more distracted at the back. I don't go for meetings and sit. There, there's no reason why I should sit at the back. Why, why, will I be, why will I sit at the back? You know, you go for a conference. You are now using a projector to watch the man. Why? There was a, there was a time um, I was in worry. Pastor Ayo, you normally have this program. He calls it, um, it's in August. There's a particular name Pastor Ayo calls it. It's from the 1st of August to the 31st of August. And um, he used to bring speakers. One particular time, uh, he brought Dr. Creflo. That was the first time Dr. Creflo Dollar came to worry and, and Pastor Benny Hinn. The meeting was to start in the morning. The meeting was to start by 10. Myself and my pastors and few of our friends, we left our house by 4 a.m. We got to Word of Life around maybe 5.36. I was on the second row. Word of Life sits about maybe 10 to 20,000. Now, I have a meeting like that. I want to see Dr. Creflo preach. I will now wake up Meeting is for 10. I'll now wake up by 7. Now I'll go by 9.30. Then they'll put me outside on canopy. With Why did I go there in the first place? Alright, so when you go for meetings and when you come to church, make up your mind to um, sit in front. Okay? It's very important. And then, again, don't have a special seat. You know, there are some of you that if they are looking for you, to bless you. It's easy to just say, if you go to the church, say you don't know her or you don't know him, say, no, I don't know him. Say, don't worry. Just go. Before the first air condition, <laughs> the fourth seat, anybody you see there, that's, if you see anybody there, just know that he's the one. Uh, don't do that. Alright. Are you ready for tonight? I can't hear you. Are you ready for tonight? Alright. Let's pray. Let's get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. This is the final part of the Wisdom for Living series tonight. I really want you to, to pay attention. There are certain words of wisdom that the Holy Spirit put up in my heart that I want to share with you first before we go into opportunities. The first one is this, and I want everybody to write it down. My current life is a reflection of my past decisions and choices. My current life is a reflection of my past decisions and choices. What that means is that your life today is the harvest of the choices you made yesterday. You know, many times we look at our lives and we say, oh, why is life like this? But the truth of the matter is our present life is what? Is a reflection of what? Our past decisions and what? Choices. That's number one. 
These are things the Holy Spirit put in my heart. Are, are you done with that? Number two, those of you who refuse to take dictation in school, your current struggle to write what I'm saying is a reflection of your past decision and choices to skip dictation classes. I hope nobody is writing that down. <laughs> that, that would now be excess wisdom. Alright, number two, to blame someone for my current existence is to open the door to failure. To blame someone for my current existence is to open the door to failure. Knowing fully well that my current, this, my current state is a product of my past choices. Now, to start blaming someone for where I am is to open the door for failure. Because whenever you lay the blames on someone, you actually refuse to take what? Responsibility. Praise God. So, number two is what? To blame someone. Come on, church. Number two is what? To blame someone for my current existence is to do what? It's to open the door to what? To failure. Yeah. And that's true. Number three. The four statements we'll go through. Number three. My past can be corrected with the right decisions in my present to create a better future. I'll say it again. My past can be corrected with the right decisions in my present to create a better future. My past can be corrected with the right decisions in my present to create a better future. So, if I've had a rough past... In my present, if I make the right decisions, what's going to be the effect of that? Come on, the answer is in, the, in, in what I just give you. What's going to be the effect in that? It's going to create what? A what? A better future. So, everyone's past can be corrected. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, and pay very close attention. With the Bible in your hands and the Holy Spirit on your inside, you shouldn't fail in life. You don't need any other help. That's with the Bible. With these 66 books. And the Holy Spirit on your inside. If you would discipline yourself. The world would be amazed at what will come out of you. Nobody, no child of God has any business with failure and substandard living. If they would take the word of God to heart. So, we saw someone like Saul, when you, when you hear the word Paul, right, what comes to your mind? Do you, I mean, to be honest, when you hear the word Paul, what comes to your mind? Do, is it a murderer that comes to your mind? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. So, I'll say again. When you hear the word Paul in the Bible, what comes to your mind? Is he a murderer that comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? An apostle. But was he a murderer? Yes, he was. But did he create a better future? Yes, he did. How did he create a better future? He accepted the Lord and went to work and wrote 13 books in the New Testament. I'm tempted to ask you, have you murdered before? But don't, don't answer. <laughs> but do you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to say that regardless of where you have been, if you decide tonight to make the right choices and give yourself a bit of time, what's going to happen is you will create a better future. And when people see you, they will see you in your future, not your past. Praise God. The last wisdom key here before we get into opportunities is this. Tough decisions are required for a successful life. Tough decisions. Can you put up Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 for me? Tough decisions. Please make sure you write this down. If you can, write it in capital letters. 
Put up Hebrews 12, 2 for me. Tough decisions are required for a successful life. Listen, if you're going to be great in this life, tough decisions are not optional. You would have to do what? Make what kind of decisions? Tough decisions. I didn't hear that. What kind of decisions would you make? Tough decisions. Let's look at the life of Jesus. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Look at this. Who for the joy set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross. Number two, he did what? Despising what? The shame. Do you know, do Jesus have to do two things there? Enjoy the cross, despise the shame. Now, to, to be hung on a cross, do you know the people Jesus was killed with? He was killed with renowned national criminals. Thieves. But he had to make a tough decision to go by the way of the cross so he can create a better future for us by resurrection. The reason most of us are where we are is we, we always want to escape the tough decision. You know someone that's not adding value to your life. How they feel is more important than your future. You know you should save. What you wear is more important than your future. You know you should stand up to read. The dreams you are having at night are more important than developing your mental capacity. So, if Jesus were, were to say, no, the cross was, no, I'm not going to go to the cross, he would not have experienced the joy. You cannot have joy without going through the cross. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you here with me tonight? Yeah. Tell yourself that in this life, you would make something out of your life and make the tough decisions. Praise God. Now, we're going to look at opportunities. That's, that's uh, uh, in those days where they used to, not the serious cinemas, in those local cinemas they used to do, right? They'll play some movie, they'll say that's supporting, right? Is it supporting, they used to call it or what? Yeah. That's, uh, this is the main movie. <laughs> Opportunities. We read two scriptures. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11 says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill. But it says, for time and chance overtake them all. Or for time and chance happen to them all. Now, when you study this carefully, Solomon was giving us something about success that really we don't have so much control over, but everybody have, has, has a chance to encounter it. The word time and chance there simply speaks of opportunities. That in life, people would have opportunities. And within opportunities can become the seed of what? Of greatness or success. Time and chance will happen to everyone. If you go to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, it says, I'll use the ESV version. It says, look carefully then how you work, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If you use the New Living Translation, it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but those who are wise. Make the, the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Now, the New Living Translation says, Make use of every opportunity. Now, the word opportunity there is the same word used for making use of the best of time in the ESV version. The New Living Translation now says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants. Did you notice that where the NIV uses the word opportunity, the ESV translation uses the word making the best use of time. This little difference tells us that time is an opportunity 
to those who use it word wisely. Other translations say, redeem the time. The New Living Translation says, make use of that opportunity. So we want to talk about opportunities tonight. Knowing fully well that in life, our greatness and our success largely is determined by opportunities. And I'll tell you this, every one of us have opportunities. Everybody. You know, there are people who say, oh, I wish I had this opportunity in life. No, you had. It happens to all men. And the funny thing about life is many people regret opportunities that they have missed. If I say, let's raise our hands now. Every one of us have had that time in our life where we look back and we regret what? Opportunities that we missed. Do we, do we, have, those, do we have that? Do you think so? Alright. But you know the funny thing? People don't regret opportunities they missed except they have missed them. Okay? And I still tell you today that you are still missing opportunities if you are not deliberate. And you would not know that you are missing opportunities until you do what? You grow older again. Then you look back to this face and say, Ah! I missed it. What are opportunities? Number one, I'm using the dictionary, opportunities, a time or set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. A time or set of circumstances that make it possible to do something. That's opportunities. I like the Webster's Dictionary definition of it. It says, a set of circumstances providing a chance or a possibility. You see the word chance there is the same word that Solomon used. Praise God. Talking about opportunities. I wrote this down. Every opportunity has a lifetime. Things, seasons, and people do not last forever. Every opportunity has a lifetime. Things, seasons, and people do not last forever. Every opportunity has a lifetime. No opportunity will last forever. There's a lifetime, there's a lifespan for it. There's a lifetime and a lifespan for every opportunity. Your life will, life will present you with series of opportunities. What you do with them to a large extent will determine what you become in life. Life will present you with series of opportunities. What you do with those opportunities will determine to a very large extent what you would become in life or how you would end your life. Opportunities will keep coming. Hmm? You know, it's like, it's like if you've entered a filling station, uh, some cars before, some taxi drivers, huh? you enter the car from the park, they don't have well. They'll pass a filling station. Hmm? You say, ah, I don't like this one. The last time I bought this thing in this pump, they, they, they will drive. Hmm? They will now go. They see another filling station, you say, ah, these people, wicked people. Ah, my, my car can never enter this filling station. And then they drive again. They see this one, they say, ah, I don't like this one. They used to mix their fuel. And before you know, the man has driven almost out of the town and realized that well, there is no more filling station. What has he done? He's missed the opportunities. Some of us live that way. Opportunity to get something done, we walk away. Ah, excuses. Opportunity, excuses. Opportunity, laziness. We realize we come to a point in our life. We look back and there are several opportunities we've missed. To make the right choice. The first thing about opportunities is that you are to discern them. You are to discern them. You are, you are able to see this is an opportunity. Meaning that they might not be obvious. Sometimes opportunities in life are not what? Obvious. They are not obvious. So you have to decide. You know there are only two times Jesus cried. The scripture says Jesus wept. Hmm? What's the first one? Which one is, which one is common? 
If you don't know when Jesus wept, all of you will go back to Sunday school. John, right? Uh-huh. Wept over Lazarus. Let me show you the other time he cried. Luke 19. You know, to even imagine that Jesus cried is a good thing. Talks about the humanity of Jesus. You know, uh, probably, I don't know if we'll do that next month, but we need to understand the humanity of Jesus and the the deity of Jesus. Jesus was 100% human, and then he was also 100% God. To show us that the life he lived, we can live it. Luke 19, 41. When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it. How would you feel if you were a disciple of Jesus and you guys were approaching a city and Jesus saw the city, right? And they started crying. Hmm? Jesus wept over the city. Literally wept. Tears. No, this is not that he was weeping in his heart. Look at why he wept. Saying, if you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for your peace, it says, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you on every side. And they would level you to the ground. And your children within you, they will not leave you one stone upon another. Look at this. Come on, everybody, pay attention to verse 44. Because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. You know why Jesus cried? The Jews did not recognize the opportunity that when Jesus was walking three and a half years in their midst, that was the Savior sent to save them. He was walking with them every day and yet they kept waiting for the Messiah. Jesus cried over the Jews for they missed their day of visitation. There are some of you the opportunity of a lifetime are the people God has placed around you. But you would walk with them. You know what we talked about familiarity on Sunday? Huh? Some of you, your opportunity is the people God has placed around you. You will be so familiar until the day they are taken out. And God will be crying over you. He says, you miss the day of your visitation. You know, many, many years ago, I used to gather my youths together. And that's how I started teaching some of these things. I'll gather the youths together and I start teaching them and start teaching them. No, it wasn't a meeting, just Sunday evening. I'll teach, I'll teach, I'll teach, I'll teach, I'll teach. You know, my younger sister sent me a message and he says, those things you were teaching us those days, they've really made our lives. He says, I wonder what the youths, talking about our youths in our main church in Worry, he says, I wonder if they would have that opportunity. That was the season. I have always developed this mindset about life to give my all because seasons don't last forever. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If when I was a pastor in Worry, they had told us that, oh, I think after now, you would go to River State, you'll be in a place called Bonnie, you'll be a pastor. I would have thought, no, no. I mean, it wasn't my... I, I didn't come to Portacot for anything. Missing the day of our visitation. Jesus wept over his city for the mist. Now, it wasn't as if that day was not present with them. That day walked Sometimes the people that God has sent that will serve as our opportunities are the same people we crucify, we despise, we kill, we get familiar with, we slander with our mouth. And God wonders. You see, when I sometimes, and I'm sorry to say this, but please, this is from a pastor's heart. When I see someone suffer consistently for a long time, I know that that person is missing certain things in his life. God is not wicked. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you discover that someone, they are always in problem. The problem is unsolvable. Don't try to solve it. You cannot. Those are people that God is weeping over. They would have all the excuses. They would have all the stories. But if you critically examine their life, they've walked above opportunities. Not recognize them. 
So Jesus wept. Only twice in the scriptures. He wept when Lazarus died. And he wept when the children of Israel missed the opportunity. Because that is also equal to death. So we can say he wept twice over the same issue. Because when you constantly miss opportunities, it will result to death. Either death of your talent, death of your potential, death of the seed of leadership that's in you. Number two. Opportunities, sometimes you have to look for them. You have to be actively looking for opportunities. You can't just sit sometimes and wait for opportunities to come. You have to go out for them. Look for them. Praise God. Come on, are you here? Yeah. When we came to Bonny Island to plant the church, and I've always been that way, I don't go to a place to work and I'll say, oh, no, no pastor invited me. Ah, they are not giving me platform. I, when I go and plant any work, I go in my mind with my stick, my wood, I build my own platform, stand on that platform and start to do I don't wait for anybody to invite me. When we came to town to plant this work, right, I discovered, yeah, what can I do? When we started the church with the, at Finema, I, we got Hotel Tel Aviv. It used to sit maybe 40 or 50 youth. I started girls and guys. I mean, thank God for people like Gideon and Cole that were with me that time. And we started girls and guys. How many of you remember girls and guys? Yeah, all of you. Obina, you used to come to girls and guys. Okay, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember you now. Huh? We started girls and guys. We were making 40 youths, 50, 60, 70. We started that until we moved here. We changed it to Mega Singles Forum. I could have come and said, Ah! There's no opportunity. Nobody's inviting me to preach. But I had to look for that platform. I had to look for that opportunity. From there, I got to know a lot of youths. When I started church here, I used to go to schools to preach. I used to go to Spring Foundation to preach. Every, um, when was that? Gideon, were you the one that fixed the Spring Foundation meeting for me? Yeah, or which of the schools? But I used to go to Spring Foundation, right there in that junction, to preach. Yeah. I went, they had their social stuff, the one for church, for, for Christians. I used to preach there. I used to go to the fishing port. Hmm? See, I'm married right now. You cross. I used to go to the fishing port to preach. I used to have people come for the fishing port to come to church here. Someone say, when you go there, what kind of English do you speak? If they didn't hear me, they would not have come. That is looking for opportunity. You cannot come and say church is not growing. You will grow it. Yeah. When we started the church in Port Harcourt, I was preaching every Sunday evening. <laughs> the first meeting we had was three people. I finished preaching. The guy who was doing the sound said, Ah, that he has never heard a message like this. I will be doing sound for us free. And he was coming to the meeting. In fact, one of the guys who said we should come to Port Harcourt to plant a church. The first meeting, he came late. Since that day, he didn't come at all. I'm, I'm telling you that in life, you have to do what? Look for opportunities. When I see pastors who complain, it is laziness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I went to Cameroon. I did missions in Cameroon for four, more, four weeks. I planted a church in two weeks. Got a venue. Had 11 members before I left Cameroon. I remember my friend is in the U.S. now because he left. That's why that church yeah, didn't, didn't go beyond that. But I remember after the first week, he said we should do a seminar. I said, okay. He said, there's no hall. I said, there's, we can find hall. There's nowhere in this world where there's no hall available. How do we get a hall? First of all, we get it from the scriptures. Turn your Bible. Went to Matthew. Began to read. Jesus says there is a court tied. Tell them that the master has need of it. Let's pray. There is somewhere for us. Funny enough, <laughs> we were coming down from the, they were upstairs. We were coming down and, and I said, ah, the, the downstairs, like a garage, was locked. And I said, oh, what's this? He said, it's a garage. I said, are they using it? I said, no, I said, this is hall now. What are you going to do? This is hall. He said, hey, he doesn't know whether the landlord will agree. I said, no, you don't know if someone will agree until you ask. So I said, what do they do with it? He said, really nothing. I said, no problem. Don't tell him what to use it for church. So when we went to meet the landlord. I said, you know what? This garage is very dirty. They have not opened it. 
the things you kept there can be spoiling. So we want to go in there, we want to clean the place up and just make sure that your things, he said, ah, he would appreciate it. So we cleaned it. You know, the place was neat, so the man came to see it. I said, so the way this thing is, we can arrange it. We just want to gather young people, you know, talk to them. Just, you know, these people, they can't come and steal your things. He said, why not? I said, I said but it, it has to be like a church. He said, no problem. Just the, I mean, and that's how we got free. Are you following what I'm saying? When we started the Potako Church, the first place we got, we saw the office of some guy. He said, oh, he's using it for office. I said, well, you don't use it for office on Sunday evening, do you use it for office? He said, no. I said, no problem. On Sunday, we'll push your decks. They will start. You like, I mean, this thing around, you want to start church, you go and buy amplifier, you buy this thing, you have speaker, you don't have people. Is this speaker that is church? It's just laziness. There is nothing you put your heart to that there is no opening. Nothing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why I appreciate if people come, but if everybody leave me, is to start again. Once it is in you, in this life, you will never be afraid of failure. Even if what you are doing, your building collapses, you know how you started. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We did the Timothy camp in Lagos, and pastors came, and they were asking me that, ah, you had so much success in this camp. And how was the place? And they'll be asking me questions. I said, this is the first time we're doing a meeting in Lagos. They say, how do you do that? How do you do it? You look for a place. You announce. As you are going there, people will follow you there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're planning our own conference in Ghana next year. That is how you go around the world. As far as God has called you, and there are human beings there, there's somebody that will like you. Start with that person. The scripture calls him the man of peace. You can't find the man of peace if you don't go out. You are looking for job. You don't have a business sleeping. He said, I've dropped my CV everywhere. Go to the places that you have dropped your CV and tell them I dropped here. He said, don't come back again. Go and remind them. That's how Les Brown <laughs> got a radio job. Hmm? Some of you have read his book. He went to a radio station and said he can be a disc jockey. They said no. He went back the next day. He said no. He went back the next day. The man now asked him, he said, how is it that you have come? He said he doesn't know if somebody has died that he can replace. <laughs> I mean, I'm true, true story. Go and read him. <laughs> He's called himself Mama Les Baby Boy. Two, both of them, Les Brown and the brother, they were abandoned by their parents. So they were adopted. As I was talking about choices. They were adopted. So, he kept going to the radio station and nothing. So, they just said, okay, since you are coming, we'll be sending you to buy drinks. So, they would send him, go and buy food, go and buy, you know, just hanging around. While he was going to buy, he was doing what? Watching them as they do those things. So, one day, the guy who was supposed to anchor his show did not come. His manager now called and said, is that guy around? And he looked at him and said, this is my opportunity. He said, the guy is not around. The manager now said, what do we do? He said, no, that he can just set up something, you know, before another person comes. The manager now said, okay, do you know what to do? He said, yes, he knows what to do. He now said, okay, just do that. And the man said, set up what? Opened up the radio channel, called all his family. I said, who can radio? I'm coming on life. <laughs> and he went with a motivational speech and people started calling the radio station. That was doing what? Looking for opportunity. That's how he became a motivational speaker, earning thousands of dollars. You really do not have an excuse. A man said, excuses are the nails with which the coffins of men's dream are nailed. Hmm? Excuses are what? The nails with which what? The coffins of men's dreams are nailed. One excuse, nail it. One excuse, nail it. One excuse, nail it. So you become like undertaker. Number three, opportunities are hidden in simple errand and task. This is something very interesting. First Samuel 17. Wow. The time is running so fast. First Samuel 17, 17. Who is there? Just help me quickly with the scriptures so that I can move on. First Samuel 17, 17. 
Then Jesus said to David his son, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this roasted grain and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to your brothers. It was when Joseph ran to the camp, he saw Goliath, that he killed Goliath, and you know, from there, his destiny opened up. How did he get to the camp? Take food there. Simple errand. Simple errand. Some opportunities are hidden in simple tasks. I mean, it happened again in, in Genesis chapter 40. How did Joseph become a prime minister? Regardless of the prophecies that God has spoken over Joseph, how did he become a prime minister? He interpreted the dream of a fellow prisoner in jail. That was the key to the recommendation. Some of us are too big for simple tasks. Too proud for simple tasks. You know, I'm going to do a series on pride. You have to ask yourself, where has pride taken anybody to? You see a young person, you don't have money. You don't, that is when we say you don't have money. You don't have money. You are doing a small job. Hmm? 20,000, 25,000, 15,000 or something. Hmm? And that becomes where nobody can talk to you. <laughs> you see, if you're too big to do small things, you're too small to be handed big things. Let's, you see, this, this human life, let's learn to stay humble. Let's, let's learn it. You be, just stay calm down. Be humble. Be humble. Because we live in a culture where a little bit of wealth, because you have many people who will beg you, you now look like our savior. Relax. And that's why every little money we have, the next thing we go is what? Huh? To buy things that will make people respect us. We will not invest in things that will create our value. We will buy things. We, we, you know what we say? I mean, I say it all the time. We have, we have camp meeting, right? Registration for camp meeting, for instance, is 5,000, is 10,000. People will say they don't have money. Then they will go and do health to that camp. The hair is 6,599 naira. Hmm? You say, ah, how can I go to a camp meeting dressed like this? Ah, no. When the people who are coming to speak in camp meeting are wearing t-shirts, you, you are dressing as if you are the one we came to serve. It's wrong, it's wrong values. It's wrong priorities. And those are some of the things that makes us to miss opportunities because when you should make yourself available for certain meetings, certain gatherings, go to certain things, take certain things to build your life, you neglect them. And when the days of opportunities come, you're not ready. Be a man of value. Are you following what I'm saying? Opportunities are hidden in what? Simple errand and simple task. Simple things. Just simple things that they would send you to do. How to maximize opportunities. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10 says, Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Whatever you're doing right now, do it with all your might. Uh, this is a story that we... Um, well, I'll talk about that when I go down. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Put your life into what you're doing. At your job, walk with your might. You know, one of the things I told myself early in studying ministry is this. I will not be a pastor that the people they are pastoring, tired, they, the people get tired of hearing. You know, there's a way your pastor, yeah, you just be tired. Yeah. That's why, I mean, we'll do programs next year. But that's why whatever church I plant, whatever church I plant and I pastor is not guest speaker driven. Are you hearing I don't plant where Monday we have uh, open heaven or January, um, 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 February, uh, closed heavens that will soon open. And then, I mean, for what now? There's so much that I have to offer to the people that I'm leading. Yeah, that's why you, 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 I, you, you don't, I mean, you don't become a pastor that the people you are pastoring is tired of then at the end of the day when you also are tired of the people, you now bring guest speakers to come and collect money from them. And then both of you will share. It's just because you, are, you don't have substance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, most false prophets 
don't have substance. That's the truth. There's so much in a spirit to pour to you. I don't have the time to now say there's somebody here, your grandmother went there, your grandfather came here. Yeah, there's no time. There are things we need to study. There are things we need. And if you would learn this, whatever is happening to your grandmother, you will sort it. You know, sometimes you ask yourself that why are witches pursuing you? You, you need to ask yourself, what exactly do you have? You, know, you need to ask yourself. Are you hearing that? I'm here. I'm the pastor of the church. I'm leading people to Christ. I'm teaching. I'm traveling all over the world. At least God has blessed me with a bit of resources. You are there. You didn't go to school. The work you were learning, you didn't finish. You say they're after your destiny. If you were a witch, whose destiny would you be after in terms of value and size? You know, sometimes we blame the devil. I'm not saying because then people are going to say I'm saying the devil's are You say, you know, we blame the devils unnecessarily sometimes because we haven't made what? The right choices. The day you choose to live by the word of God and by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, even if the devils are after your life, you would learn to overcome every one of them and walk a life of victory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 to 7. The Living Bible says, Now here is a command, dear brothers, given in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ by His authority. Look at what Paul said. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from every brother who leads an unruly life, and not according to the tradition which you receive from us. He warned them. He said, we are warning you in the name of Jesus. Keep away from those brothers who live what? Unruly life, who are disorderly. In fact, the New Living Translation says, Stay away from any Christian who spends his days in laziness and does not follow the idea of hard work we set for you. It's an apostolic instruction to cut away from lazy Christians. It's apostolic. Yeah. You see those your friends that waste their days on social media. You have the authority of the Lord Jesus to end that friendship. Yeah, that's what Paul said. Say we command, he said Christian, it's not like their own believers. He said they, they are not following the pattern that we set. Because Christianity is, you see, the favor of God is never an excuse for a believer to live a lazy life. What will the favor of God rest on? You, you know, we just live, have this illusionary concept. One day, when it's my turn, things will turn. Stop listening to those messages and those trash. Every day is your day if you make the choice. You, you know, and our mind is that one day something will just happen. Somebody, will, and if, you know, when you mix all those kind of messages with Nigerian films, it just confuses you because some of you, I know some of you just think one day, armed robbers will go and rob a bank, they will throw it in the bush. Then you will go and ease yourself. You will not see bag of money. You will not buy a house and help your mother. Some of you, are, it will not happen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then when you have listened to messages that say the day when it's your turn, nothing will stop it. When you now mix that message with Nigerian film, you will be confused. And I mean, that's it. And you see people who just, you know, they are going about just. Ah, one day, one day, I know my God will not disappoint me. And what is the issue? Which appointment do you have with God that God will not disappoint you? Why are you like this? Why don't you take the word of God, take the things you are being taught, and make a choice to make something out of your life? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, these Muslim guys, eh? you see the way they live their life when they are your security men. Hmm? What happened? They will just, that sm- whatever space you give to them, in less than one month, what will they do? They will knock their shop. They will start selling biscuits. They will start repairing shoes. In your front edge there, wherever you give to them, a store will be there. If you tell any of our brothers now, and say, you know what? This space, put a store there. It will just leave you. Huh? He will now go back and say, you see, this life, I know God will do my own. They, I, he looked at me. looked at me. He said, I should, sell, I should be selling biscuits. And you know the funny thing? That man who doesn't have a job, every day he's passing there, would buy biscuits from that same person. It's pride. 
You now tell the person, bring, bring what you want to do. Say, we have this business plan. Uh, store is 240000 uh, things I want to put inside this store is 500,000. The man who is giving you that business plan, there is no time in history that 200,000 has crossed his account. Either by, by wrong, wrong, either by wrong alert, either by mistake from the bankers, or deliberate deposit. That means both consciously and unconsciously mistake and deliberate, the account has never seen 200,000. But every plan he has is above that. You can't hawk. Hmm? And yet, when you sit down in front of your compound, waiting for that miracle day to come, you buy from, everything you buy is from people that are hawking. Your boxers is from those that are hawking. Your, your food is from those that are hawking. You understand? But you can't join them. You see, in your life, take out this thing of shame. I'm bigger than this. Take it out. It will keep you, it will keep you lower than you should be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why some pastors can't plant churches because they don't think, how will I preach to one person? How will I preach to two people? How will I preach to secondary school people? So, how do they want to start? They want to start in big venues. There's nothing wrong with that. But not everybody will also have that word, opportunity. Alright. Number three, your private competence will produce the content for public opportunities. Your private competence will produce the content for public co- opportunities. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 18, the Bible tells us about the story of David. And when, the, when King Saul was looking for a man, they said what? I know the... It says that one of the young men said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is what? Skillful musician, a mighty man of valor, a warrior, one prudent in speech, and a handsome man. And the Lord is with him. I want you to take a look, right? Take a very critical look at that passage. Do you see that a lot of things were said about David and then he ended up with what? The Lord was with him. Do you know a lot of believers only have the Lord is with him? They are neither skillful. They are not mighty men of valor. They are neither prudent in speech. I want you to see. David had all of this and then the Lord was with him. So there was something the favor of God could rest on. What did the favor of God rest on in the life of David there? His skillful playing of harp. told you about skillfulness. But we know that it wasn't like David was organizing music concerts. He was doing this privately. And what happened? Someone saw him and gave him what? A public recommendation. So we said, how do you maximize opportunities? Your private competence would produce the content for what? Your public opportunities. Number four. The people who watch you daily would create opportunities for you by recommendation. We're just talking about things about opportunities, right? The people who watch you daily would create opportunities for you by recommendation. The same First Samuel 16 verse 18. Put it up. You know what it says? It says, I have seen. I have seen. I have seen. Who is going to recommend you? The man who sees you in private. It was the same thing with Joseph. When Joseph interpreted the dream, what happened when Pharaoh needed someone? He says, I know a man who did what? Who interpreted. Sometimes opportunities are created by recommendations. And recommendations come when people see you practice your craft what? Daily. As you are going about your daily work with excellence, you are setting up yourself for opportunities for greatness. Let me tell you something that would help you in this life. Don't think there is a future out there. Your future is now. You create it now. When you wake up tomorrow, you are creating your future. Are you hearing what I am saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't have that illusionary mindset. That, oh, I'm going to be a big man tomorrow. No, when you wake up, there was something the Lord put in my heart. I'm, I'm just meditating on it. The, the phrase dropped so strong in my spirit today. And the Lord put it in my heart. Called the routine of greatness. That greatness has a routine. Ah, man, I love the word. 
I wrote it down. The routine of greatness. What does a great man do every day? What words do great men say every day? What attitude do great men put up every day? What perception do great men put up every day? The routine of greatness. Don't think there's going to be a future out there. As you wake up tomorrow, your future is being created. It is the people who see you daily that would create opportunities for recommendation. Your private competence would produce the content for public opportunities. Praise God. A man by the name of Dr. Phil Pringle wrote a book, you know, that was studied in the office amongst our staff. And there was a story they had asked them to look for it today about a young man who was working so hard with this guy. Okay, they had like a gas station. He would stay up late. You know, close every door, make sure everything is tightened up. When the man died in his will, he handed over the gas shop to this man, to the young man. Some of you are not diligent in your work. Hmm? You are waiting for the day you'll be boss. Let me tell you. Eh? You know, that's why some of us are where we are. We, we just think, and I, I want people, I want people all the time. Be your own boss. Be your own boss. A salary is an amount they pay you to steal your dream. You hear all this motivational speaking and you just go off. You just resign. Ah, I want to start a company. Name of the company is this. We are into supply, import, export. Then, I mean, I mean, the devil will just bless you by, by giving you one contract one month. You just, ah, man, by the, and then for the next two years, all you are doing is carrying paper and portfolio left, right, and center. Do you think entrepreneurship is easy? Eh? To have your own business. You think it's easy? You have to wake up early. Go about it. That's why a lot of people don't prosper in their business because the lazy habit they took to somebody's work, they have carried it to their own business. They just get to say, it's my store. When I go, God will bring the people. And then they go there. Their friends will come. Say, ah, it's no business. We say, ah, no business. We say, take malt from freezing. I'll take malt. I'll take malt there now. They will not take malt. Then she will open malt and they will drink. Is that you are, is you are drinking dry malt? Say, yes. Is that I'll take biscuit now? Yeah, it's my shop. What? Do, I mean, I mean, and then that's, that's their business. Hmm? They will now take malt, take biscuit, take the, their discussion. And you know, we, go, we are talking, gossiping. Go. And you know, when you are gossiping like that and you start with malt, you know, and you are halfway into the story, the moth is finished. You are just like, hey, let me take another one and finish the story. I mean, I just finish the story. And then before you know, sitting down one hour, three bottles of malt, one, almost one crate of biscuit is gone. Say, where well, we thank God for everything. But, and then the profit is gone. They don't have an idea what is the income. They don't have an idea what is the profit. Nothing. The next day they resume like that. After a while, they say it's where the store is located. Do not pack everything. And go. I mean, and you think it's not easy to excel in life if you will not put on the hard work. Don't buy this, these teachings that promote laziness. Get up and make something out of your life. Hmm? I mean, they just give you money and then bam, the money is gone. And let me tell you, they are still giving birth to more children. Huh? More people are competing with you. You know, and I, I, you know, people say, I want to go to school. I want to go to school. I want to go to school. You will see people with master's degree driving bike. There are people that have graduated before you. There are people that are graduating after you. There are people that are, even our, even Caris now is coming. We'll soon go to university. We'll soon join you. All of you will be graduates. You better think. I mean, your own children that you. I mean, you are your child now. You are doing master's degree. So that should tell you that primary in life, value creation is the biggest deal. Then, if you decide that you are going to school, be the best. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that what you studied, you know it. And I feel sorry for people. Huh? They just go to school for the sake of school. And people are more interested in wearing academic guns and filling people's status, have graduated, writing on their shirts, have done this thing, even the spelling of the word graduated, that they posted at their graduate is not correct. They go for interview, they can't pass. Why waste your four years? 
Are you following what I'm saying? Whatever you do can create opportunities. Joseph created his opportunities by dreams. David created his opportunities by playing harp. The Sidonians created their opportunity by cutting woods. First Samuel chapter 5, 1 Kings chapter 5 verse 6. Solomon says, I know no one who cut woods like the Sidonians. What I'm trying to say is this. You don't have to be, you don't have to be educated. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you did not go to school, you don't have the opportunity or the privilege to go to school. Let that not become a setback in your life. Tell yourself, what can I do well? Everything you have, you can use it to create opportunities in life. David did this by the playing of harp. Hmm? Joseph did this by interpreting dreams. That's why, you know, when people come around me sometimes, I look, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm strong in the things I do, but I look lazy in very many things. You know, people always want to drag you, can you do this, can you do this, can you do this, can you do this? Why, why will I do everything? Why are there other human beings? Yeah, I mean, people... People want you to do many things. I, I stay with the gospel. I stay with the preaching of the word. I want to be good in it. And, I, and every time I tell you know, my wife is the one that takes all the... And you know, and most times I show him. People, we all started preaching. Before you know, they are doing this. They are doing that. They are doing this. They are doing that. I read the scripture. It said, they that preach the gospel... Must live, will, should live by the gospel. I told myself, it is in the preaching of the gospel that I would live. It is in the Bible. And it has been like that. You know, people say, ah, yeah, are you living by tithes and offerings of people? What should I live by? Hmm? <laughs> you know the things I'm teaching you now, right? You know some of the motivational seminars people pay money for? It's the same things they'll teach you. Just that they remove the Bible. They say a holy book said, a wise man said, a Jewish proverb said. That's what I mean. And then you pay, say, man, that guy just did me. Ah, even that ten thousand I pay is nothing. Then you now come to church and say, ah, what is it? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, this. for me, it is the gospel. So. The principles of life demand that I am focused on it to give the best value. For you, it might be something else. You focus on that. Stop doing what your friends are doing. Do what you were created for. Because they will excel. Imagine David's brother. You know David's brothers were in the army. You know that? How many of you know David's brothers were in the army? Yeah. But you know David was not in the army. But you don't know. No, he wasn't. But who became king? David. Now, when David became king, who were his armies? His brothers. And you see, when Saul gave David his armor, what did David say? I have not proven this. He went to take the sling that he has been using in the forest. Stay with your sling. Stop wearing people's armor. Your friends are good with this. You leave your own talent and join them. You create opportunities by staying in your field. Keep your motives right. There's three more points and there we go. Keep your motives right. Do not be an opportunist. And I want to create, put the difference. Right? An opportunist is a person who takes advantage of opportunities as when they arises, regardless of planning or principles. So what's an opportunist? Somebody comes to your house to work. Right? And steals from you. You know, that's an opportunist. It's taking advantage. There, what, what's the difference between that is that there is no principle. There's no moral principle. So don't be an opportunist. Don't use people's free hand to rob them. Or people, you know, people trust you and give you opportunity to work with them. And then you start stealing from them. You know, people are like that. They work and they say, hey, they are not even paying us well in this office. They bring that by you. And then they now, uh, they now collect and add to their salary in their own estimation. Say, this Bible is 20,000. This Bible is 10,000. This iPad is 40,000. If you have 40,000 plus 30,000, they are paying me 70,000. God knows that the money has, is complete. I mean, you are, you are a thief. That's an opportunist. Because, listen, if you are an opportunist, you will miss greater opportunities. That's what now happens. People are given space and then they go in and misuse that opportunity. What now happens? 
it stops them from greater work opportunities. In Acts chapter 24, verse, verse 24 to 27, let's read a very interesting story. After some days, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. As he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, Go away from the present, for the present. When I get an opportunity, I'll summon you. Look at this story. Interesting. At that same time, he hoped that money would be given him by Paul. This was a government ruler. So it's not today bribery and corruption started. So he sent for him often and conversed with him. When two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus. And desiring to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. How sad! God gave Felix a, a Jewish wife and two years to hearing the preaching of the gospel. But Felix never opened his mind to the gospel. Why did Felix not open his mind to the gospel? He was hoping he would get money from Paul. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He, he, for two years, he heard constantly from one of the best preachers that ever lived. He didn't accept the gospel. Some of you are walking with the nicest people you would ever walk with, but your eyes on their money will not allow your motives to be pure. Every time I say, man, this guy get money, oh Jesus. This guy get money, oh Jesus. You will not focus on what you are there to do. You are just waiting to grab, waiting to grab, waiting to grab. And that will blind your eyes from effectiveness. Let me tell you the truth. Everybody who has some form of wealth, they know the people who really are serving them and those who are serving them for their money. They know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you have the opportunity to stay close to great people, make up your mind to serve them. Because you know what? Many great people do not have people who truly love them for who they are. Many people love them for what they can give. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Things that can make you not to maximize opportunity. I'll list them for you and then we're done. Number one, laziness and despising small tasks. Laziness. Hmm? Despising small tasks. Number two, familiarity. 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 Number three. So number one, Laziness and despising small tasks. Number two, familiarity. Number three, eyeing the next big opportunity. Hmm? So you overlook what is right before you. You eye the next big opportunity and do what? Overlook what is before you. You are walking in a place. Your mind, your heart, your soul is not there. You are waiting for that big one. What about if you walk so hard here? And other companies come and put you from this company. Would that not be more respectable than you are, you are not here, you are not there? The general rule of life is preparing secrets for opportunities. So when they come, you can maximize them. Prepare in secret for opportunities. When they come, you can maximize them. You are actually living your life daily. You see, this long life we are praying for is measured daily. This wonderful life we want to live is measured what? Daily. I want, I want to encourage you. Okay? Get all the series we've done this month. All of them. And listen to them again. And make the proper adjustments as you begin to get ready for next year. Make, make the proper adjustments. And I believe that God is going to use them to impart your life in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask that the, the grace of God will abide with every one of us. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And our hearts will be strengthened. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Now let's get our offerings ready quickly. Please pay attention to this. Um, the workers all night. Don't forget. Friday 6th. We're having a workers all night. And I want to say this, right? Uh, let me say this. I'm one pastor who is very compassionate for the people he leads. We don't do a lot of programs in this church. We don't do a lot of activities because I always feel you guys, we fix the workers meeting on Saturday. Some of you go to work, complain. You want to cook. You want to wash. You want to do this. You want to do that. You want to do that. Okay? On Friday, most of you go to work. So I'm waiting for the next excuse for this all night now. It's not shut down. Don't miss the all night if you are a worker. No departmental head has the authority to grant you permission to exempt yourself. God wants to grow this church. We cannot grow this church if we don't put a level of sacrifice. 
And if you know being a church worker or serving in every department is not comfortable for you, this is one church you can attend and not be in any department. We will be fine. Nobody will harass you. So if you know you will not be able to meet up the demands because I've decided going forward our, all, our trainings for workers is going to be all night. So there's no excuse whatsoever for that. If you know that you are too busy to give your time for what we want to build and what God has called us to do in peace, just say, I will do again. Come to ch- we will love you. You are not a backsliding Christian. But this church has to grow. We are eight years. We can't be doing 200. We, we have what it takes to touch this city. And I'm ready for it. You see, I didn't come to... Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.